grateful for this opportunity to be here with you this morning and uh, to open God's Word. I'm thankful for the godly examples of fathers that are in Faith Baptist Church. It means a lot to, yeah, give it up for these fathers in this, in this church. I'm thankful uh, for men who are uh, not afraid to stand tall for what God's called them to be and what God's called them uh, to do. Uh, unfortunately, there are a lot of fathers who are not the man God called them to be. There's not enough good fathers uh, here on this earth. Uh, fatherlessness in America, it's not really just a problem, it's more of an epidemic. There are 20 million children in America who do not have a father in the home. Without a father in the home, children are four times more likely to end up in poverty. Without a father in the home, teenage girls are twice as likely to become single teenage mothers. 63% of all youth suicides come from a fatherless home. 90% of all runaways are from a fatherless home. 71% of all high school dropouts come from a fatherless home. 85% of the children who are in our youth detention centers across America come from a fatherless home. It's not that mothers are bad. It's not that mamas are bad at raising kids. That's not the problem. Uh, it, it's nearly impossible for a single mom to work a full-time job, raise her kids, and be the mom uh, that God's called her to be. It's not that moms are, are doing a bad job. It's that some sorry fathers are a coward to their responsibility. That's where we are today. I'll bring this a little bit closer to home. I talked to Natalie this week about some things. She gave me some information, uh, places to go to get some stuff. There are 22,050 people under the age of 18 in Troop County, Georgia. 22,050 juveniles. 10,143 live in a single family home, 92% of which is a single mama. It's an epidemic. It's an epidemic in America, and it's an epidemic in LaGrange, Georgia, in our own uh, home. My prayer and hope this morning uh, that God would raise some men uh, to be the daddy that he called them to be. Uh, maybe God will raise some men uh, to be like Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, who found himself in a messy situation, found himself in a bad situation, could ruin his name, could ruin his reputation. Yet he stood up and was the man God called him to be, to Jesus. Good fathers are a critical element to the spiritual and mental health of their children. Good fathers are important uh, in this church. Good fathers are important in the home. Uh, good fathers are important to this nation. I questioned why I was asked to preach a sermon on Father's Day. Most of you know Amber and I don't have any biological children of our own. 
so I kind of battled with this a little bit within my own mind as to why uh, I would uh, be called to do this this morning. But then through my study, uh, this study has beat me up first of all, but through this study, uh, God reminded me of all the times I've been called to be a fill-in dad. He reminded me of all the times she's been called to be a fill-in mom. Uh, uh, Banneker and I get to hang out a good bit, and we walk around Kroger. People look at us like we're crazy. We just walk around, smile. We just look at them. We just keep on going. I said, Banneker, did you see the way that one looked at us? He said, yeah, I saw it. We just keep on going. It's funny to us. But as I study, Banneker has a good father, by the way, a great father. I'm just glad to be able to fill in sometimes when he's busy working. But I studied this, and, and God just kept reminding me of those things. And God reminded me that there's a 17-year-old girl four years ago that came into my life and chose me uh, to be her daddy. God allowed me to do that, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, today, I will be speaking directly to the fathers. I'll be speaking directly to the men in this church, uh, maybe the soon-to-be fathers, uh, maybe the biological fathers for sure. Uh, maybe you're a father that uh, you didn't have to be. I'm going to speak to you as well. Uh, but ladies, I don't, don't get up and leave. I, I don't want you to go anywhere. The, uh, the message, although directed to the men, I, I think you will find it relevant uh, in, in your life as well. I hope that it will help. Because one thing I've learned in my life is that when, uh, when I am the man that God called me to be, Amber's life works a whole lot easier. And when your husband... Uh, is the man that God called him to be, your life works a whole lot easier. God set this up in such a way uh, so that when the man uh, is the man, the woman can be the woman. There are way too many women, way too many mamas playing the role of daddy and mama. And, and I, for one, I, I'm, quite frankly, I'm just sick and tired of seeing mamas play daddy. And, and wives play husband. I'm sick and tired of seeing that uh, uh, around this town. I, I don't have the statistics uh, for, the, for the men who are still in the home, who are still married to the wife, uh, who still live in that home setting, uh, but they don't act like a father. But there's a lot of them too. And I don't have the statistics for that, uh, but, but, but that's true too. So my tone this morning uh, may come across a little different than usual. Uh, it's not that I'm mad. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not trying to be offensive uh, to anybody. Uh, but, but the truth is this. When you challenge a man, I know because I are one, when you challenge a man, it takes a little bit different tone sometimes because we're hard-headed and we're stuck in our ways. And I expected more women to jump up and holler. Miss Phyllis, I thought you was going to come out of your seat then when I said that. We are. We're stubborn. We're hard-headed. We're stuck in the way uh, uh, that we think things should be. But men should have tough skin anyway, in my opinion. Most men I've found in my life, I've worked with a lot of men in, uh, in law enforcement. It's primarily a male-dominated profession. Uh, most men you can challenge physically. Come on, let's arm wrestle. I bet I can beat you. Oh, yeah, let's go. Oh, yeah, let's do it. They're ready to go. 
You can even challenge a man mentally. I bet I know where this wiring goes into this breaker box and you plug this up to that and makes this work. Yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, a man's up for that kind of challenge. But you challenge a man spiritually and watch him back off in a corner and cower down. A man don't want to be challenged spiritually. I'm thankful for men in this church who have challenged me spiritually. I'm thankful for men in this church who have allowed me to uh, maybe challenge them a little bit spiritually. Before I get in the message, let's uh, discuss. Y'all thought I was halfway through. I'm just starting. <laughs> I want to talk about what is a man. Because this world gives us several definitions of what a man is. Uh, when, we, when we watch TV or we listen to a radio or we're looking at a magazine or we're on social media, there's all kinds of definitions uh, of what a man is. Is it his physical stature? Is it the way his body looks? Is it his lower voice? Is it his hairy back and hairy knuckles? I went and got my hair cut a while back, and it was a new lady cutting my hair. And uh, she was, a, I don't have much, but she was cutting it. And when she got done, she, they always pull my collar down and get my neck, you know. She said, boy, you like you got a puppy coming up your back back there. <laughs> I said, I don't even know you, lady. Quit talking about my puppy coming up my butt. We have all sorts of definitions of what a man is. What is the measure of a man? It can't be just physical. It cannot be uh, just physical. There's no way it can be just physical. Because there are a whole lot of men in this world who have completed puberty, yet still act like a bunch of little boys. A lot of that is happening uh, in the world uh, that we live in. Physically, he may look like a man, he may talk like a man, uh, but the way he acts is that of a child, a little boy. The Bible gives us the supreme definition of what a man is. There's no other definition of a man that tops this one in my opinion. This is not my text verse, but I'm leading up to my text verse. Ephesians 4.13 uh, says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. And it don't stop there. It gives us the definition of a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Jesus is the man. Jesus is what a man uh, should look like and what a man should be like. Any discussion you ever have about manhood should point straight to Jesus. There's no other uh, man that tops him. A perfect man is the stature of the fullness of Christ. He looks like Christ. He acts like Christ. He walks like Christ and talks like Christ. The more a man acts like Jesus, the more a man he is. The less a man acts like Jesus the less of a man he is. And just in case I wasn't clear, our goal is to be uh, like Jesus. Jesus is the standard uh, for manhood, the way he lived, uh, the way he carried himself, the way he spoke, the way he gave himself for others, the way he uh, took responsibility, the way he worked selflessly uh, to do God's will. Uh, that should be our goal. That should be our standard uh, by which we live. Our goal, men, should be the clearest example of Jesus Christ to our wife. 
Our wife should not be able to see a better example of Jesus Christ than her own husband. Our children shouldn't know a better example of Jesus Christ than their daddy. Their daddy should be that clearest example of what Jesus must have been like to live with, to walk with, to talk with. It's the daddy's job to be uh, that image, that example. Have I set the standard high enough? It is a high standard. The measure of a man is the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I'll stand here this morning and tell you in front of uh, the cameras and everything else that's going that Jason Ritter has not always been a man. I've not always been uh, the man according to this standard. I fail every day. But the goal is to keep trying. Keep trying. We're never going to have perfect health. But we try to stay healthy, right? Well, we may not ever be the perfect man, but we can sure try every day. Our text today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 16. If you want to turn there, uh, Paul is talking to the church at Corinth about their immaturity. He's talking to them. He's trying to exhort them uh, and to, for them to grow in that knowledge of Christ. Paul tells these uh, folks, five things uh, that can help them mature and be, the, be who God called them to be. What I like about this verse is that it's written in the present tense. It's a whole lot easier for me in my mind to read something in the present tense because it's easier to apply it to my life today when I see things uh, that way. Paul gives us five assignments on how to be a man and how to be like Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, verse 13. The Bible says, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. Father, I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. I do not take it lightly. Father, if anything comes out of my mouth that's not of you, I pray you'll shut me up, God. God, I don't want to say anything, God, that doesn't come straight from you. God, I thank you for this message, Lord. I thank you for uh, what you've done in my life through it, and I pray that it'll touch somebody today. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul says, watch ye. He tells us to be watchful. That word watchful, uh, watch, means to uh, stay awake or, or to uh, be aware. The same word watch that was used in the garden uh, when Jesus told the disciples, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. We're to be aware. We're to be awake. Man, you are the head of your household. It is your job to protect your family. It's your job to protect your home. It's your job to provide what is necessary for your family to stay safe. That, that means when a, a strange noise is heard in the night, uh, you are to get up and go see what it is. When, when, when something goes bump in the night, you get out of bed and you go in wherever you heard it from, and you check, and you see what it was, and you come back to your wife, and you come back to your children, and you say, everything's okay. You can go to sleep now. It's not your wife's job to do that. What kind of man uh, stays in the bed, pulls the covers up to his nose, and says, baby, I'll be praying for you while you go check on that burglar that may be coming in our house. Baby, I'll be praying for you. If you need me, call me, but I'm just going to be right here. And he's sitting there shivering with the covers up over his nose while his wife's over there 
checking on uh, maybe a burglar that's coming in uh, their house. What kind of man does something like that? Be awake, man, and watch. The problem is this, though. Uh, not only are we supposed to do that with the physical threats that come in our house, we're supposed to do that with the spiritual threats that come in our house, too. We have trouble doing that sometimes. It's not your wife's job to take care of the devil when he comes in your house. It's your job. It's your job to do that. Second part of that uh, first assignment, watch. First is be awake. Second, be aware. Take inventory of your family, husband. Take inventory of your family, daddy. How's your wife doing? How's she doing today? Is the gospel advancing in her life? How's her heart? Is she serving God more today than she did yesterday? When's the last time you asked your wife, how can I pray for you today? I can tell you it's been a long time since I've asked my wife that up until the last week or two when I've been studying this and God's been beating me over the head with it. When's the last time you got ready to leave and you said, honey, how can I pray for you today? What needs do you have in your life that I can help you with? Son, how you doing? Daughter, how's it going? How's school going? You doing okay? Everything going well in your life? Son, daughter, how can I pray for you today? It's your job to take that inventory. Does your family feel loved by you, Daddy? Does your family feel important to you? I hope they do. As a man, it's our job to be watchful. It's our job to be awake, to be aware. And it's our job to protect our family. Second thing, Paul tells us to stand fast in the faith. Paul says we should have a strong foundation concerning our faith in Christ. How deep are your roots in the gospel this morning? How deep are they? The man is the spiritual backbone of the family. Uh, your family's looking to you to lead them. Your family's looking to you uh, to serve them, to selflessly give of yourself so that you can see Christ formed in their life. That's what you're expected uh, to do, to stand firm in the faith. Uh, there's a lot stacked against you, though. Uh, the world, your flesh, uh, the devil. There's a lot stacked against you as you try to stand firm in the faith. It's a whole lot easier, a whole lot easier. I'm just, just kind of going to pour it out and be honest with you this morning. Corey, it's a whole lot easier for me to uh, go to Bryce and say, Hey, Bryce, come on, let's go to Waffle House. Bryce, let's go watch a movie. Bryce, let's go do whatever. It's a whole lot easier to do any of those things than it is for me to say, Bryce, come here, let me show you what the Bible says about this. Come here and let's study this chapter out. Why? Because I'm in the flesh. Right? This flesh still uh, covers me. I, I'm not in a glorified body. I still have a flesh that I live in. And, and it, in life, it's a lot easier to do those things than it is uh, to stand firm in the face sometimes. It's a whole lot easier for you to go outside and play catch with your son than it is for you to lead him in a Bible study. It's even easier for you to have a tea party with your daughter and sit in a chair that you don't fit in and let her paint your fingernails and toenails than it is for you to have a Bible study with your daughter. It just is. That don't mean it's right. 
That don't mean it's right. God called us to stand firm in our faith, to have that unwavering commitment to Christ, to pour into them what Jesus would uh, if, if he were here. If we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world's going to teach them not to. Every single day, the world is teaching our children not to follow Christ. Your wife, she's struggling? Pour your strength into her that you get from God. Pour that strength into her. Uh, unfortunately, though, there are too many uh, males who are weak in their faith. I'm thankful for the men in this church who are strong in their faith, who, who don't waver on this word. I'm thankful for that. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of men who stand weak in their faith, and they have some kind of limp-wristed, sissy spirituality uh, uh, that just says, oh, God is love, and God is good, and he just wants us to have the best things in life, and we're just going to think it, and it's going to happen. And, and that's as far as their depth goes. It's the same man it's the same man who might stand up in front of his buddies and say, yeah, the woman, she's supposed to be quiet in the church. That woman ain't supposed to say a word in this church. She's supposed to submit herself to me and do what I tell her to do. We forget that we're supposed to, they're supposed to submit ourselves to us as we submit ourselves to God. And I love it when they get stuck on the woman supposed to be quiet in the church because that's as far as they study and they don't go any further to see that, yeah, maybe a woman should be quiet in the church. But you know what? It, it says if she wants to learn anything, verse 35, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, says if she wants to learn anything, she's to go to her husband. It don't say go to the pastor. It don't say go to the Sunday school teacher. If a woman, uh, we, we, if we want to get all big and brave and talk about how a woman shouldn't talk in the church and should remain silent in the church, then you better keep reading, man, and learn to uh, step up your spirituality some uh, because she's supposed to be able to come to you when she wants to know something about this word. We tend to want to skip that part sometimes. Why is it that, I'm sorry, no I'm not sorry, why is it that the wife has to drag the husband out of bed every Sunday morning to get him to church sometimes? I don't get that. Why, why is it? I, I, I don't understand uh, why uh, a man, uh, I, I don't mind getting up early to go fishing and hunting and go to the racetrack if I need to, uh, but I can't get up early uh, to take my family to church. My wife's having to run around the house and get dressed, get the children dressed, get them fed, get them in the car, get them to church while I'm just dragging around. Why is it uh, that, that we uh, uh, don't take our family's spiritual well-being important? The spiritual well-being of our family is of so little importance uh, uh, that, that we choose uh, to lay around while the wife takes care of all that stuff sometimes. As a father and a husband, it's your job to make sure everybody's up. It's your job to make sure everybody's dressed and fed and in the car on time and getting to church where we're supposed to be uh, to maintain that spiritual healthiness. Man, the only way for us to stand firm in the faith is to submerge ourselves in this book. To dig down deep in this book and find the things uh, uh, that you need uh, to get you through day by day. We are to maintain our own spiritual discipline. That's our job to do that. 
It's not up to the pastor or the Joy FM uh, to keep your spiritual uh, maturity up to a certain level. It's your job. I'm not talking about devotionals. I'm not talking about the verse of the day that pops up on your phone and you said, oh, I read my Bible today. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about digging deep in this word, finding every little thing in it that God has for you so you can stand firm. It may mean that you got to get out of bed a little earlier. It might mean that we got to turn the ball game off a little early. We're to stand firm in our faith. Third thing Paul tells us men is to quit you like men. Uh, he's saying that we need to act like men. Again, too many of us don't act like men. We act like uh, little boys. And what's cute to see a little boy do is kind of disgusting it's kind of destructive. It's kind of wasteful and unproductive to see a man doing those same things. I, I don't get that. God's called us to act like a man. I act like a man. Uh, if you flip back a, a couple of chapters, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 11 uh, tells us, When I was a child, this is Paul talking, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away the childish things we've got too many men not willing to act like a man 48% of all couples cohabitate shack up 48% shack up instead of getting married the reason for this is simple too many men choose to act like boys instead of being responsible uh, for what they're doing too many want this hook up and shack up relationship uh, instead of uh, getting married and forming a family the way God called it to be. They don't want any strings attached. They don't want any responsibility. Instead of uh, working hard and, and building a life and being unconditionally faithful to a woman and raising kids in a Christian home, they choose to be irresponsible. I get it. I get it. It's difficult to work a full-time job, uh, to love your wife, uh, uh, unconditionally uh, to raise your kids and play video games for four hours a day. I get it, man. I'm sorry. It, it is hard. It's hard to love your wife, to raise your kids, uh, to build your home, and to go hang out with the boys every evening. It's difficult. I get it. It's difficult to raise a family and to love your wife and to take care of your home and go fishing and hunting every single weekend, every single minute you're off. I get it. It's difficult. You're a man. We need to put away some childish things. Act like a man uh, by being like Jesus. R remember the next time you're out chasing sex or chasing money or chasing fun or, or chasing all these childish things that when Jesus was on his earth, the man we're supposed to be like, he spent his time uh, being responsible. He spent his time pouring into others, taking responsibility taking responsibility for something that wasn't even his own fault. He took the weight of my sin. He took the weight of your sin. He took all the burdens that you've ever carried, all that you will ever carry, and he put them on a cross and he died for you. He took responsibility for something that was not his fault. And to the men in here this morning, let me tell you this. Uh, the problems in your home may not be your fault, but they are your responsibility. 
The problems in, uh, uh, with your wife, they may not be your fault, but they are your responsibility. The problem with your bank account, it may not be your fault, but it is your responsibility. The problem with your kids acting out is probably your fault and your responsibility. We need to take responsibility for those things of our family, even when it's not our fault. Fourthly, Paul says that we should be strong. He's real brief about it, but he says we should be strong. But I ask myself, is it, is it like open the pickle jar kind of strong? Or is it something a little deeper than that? And it may be open the pickle jar kind of strong. Boy, I'll hop out of that recliner in a minute when Amber says, hey, come open this. I can't get it. Yes, ma'am, I'll do that. Yep, watch this. Two fingers, boom. You know. But I don't think that's what Paul had in mind here. I think Paul's referring to that uh, uh, Ephesians 6.10 kind of strong, being strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I think that's the kind of strong uh, Paul wants us to be, to be spiritually uh, strong. The strength you need in your home does not come from your muscles. You can't get it uh, in the gym. It comes from Jesus Christ living inside of you. You have to get in uh, the Word, and that strength comes from the Word and from that relationship you have with Him. Uh, giving of yourself uh, to see Christ uh, formed in your family takes a whole lot of strength. If we were to do this every day, like Paul instructs us, uh, by 6 o'clock in the evening, we're slap wore out. Slap wore out. We should also channel God's strength in those delicate and those desperate uh, situations that come into our life. Uh, those things that we're not real comfortable with that involve our family. Oh, we should be the shoulder to cry on and lean on, not the other way around. When your wife is struggling with anxiety and fear, stuff that's overtaking her life, she should be able to come to you. And you should be that shoulder for her to lean on. Even if you have the same anxieties and fears, she shouldn't see it. Some of you may disagree with me, but she shouldn't. You're to be strong, man. You let God's strength loose in your life and be strong and hold her up like God's called you to do. And you allow God to be that shoulder you cry on. You allow God to be that shoulder you lean on while you step up and be the man. Uh, God gave you broad shoulders for a reason. There's a reason for that. He gave us leather skin for a reason. Don't you dare walk away from your wife when she needs you the most. Don't you dare walk away from your child when they need you the most uh, because you can't handle it. You step up and be the man God called you to be, and you do the things he called you to do. Put your feelings aside for her needs. Channel God's strength. Be strong in the Lord. Uh, when anger overtakes us, we think we're the strongest, but we're really the weakest. When anger overtakes us and we're about to flip that house upside down, we're sick and tired of it, you just step back and let God's strength step in where you're weak. Because it's a weakness. That way your kids won't see you weak, Daddy. That way they won't see you uh, struggling. They'll see you uh, take a licking and keep on ticking, so to speak. When you come home exhausted from the day, last thing you want to do is go play catch. Go play catch. 
Last thing you want to do is, is go help with homework. Go help with homework. Find that strength in God that you need to get through even the material things of life. Your wife wants to talk about the problems at her job today and stuff going on at work and this and that and the kids need this and the kids need that. You just don't want to hear it. I'd rather go to my man cave and, and get away. Your man cave is a place to retreat but not from your wife. It's a place to retreat from the devil and get on your knees in prayer and talk to God about the things of your family. Be strong for your family. Lastly, Paul says that in verse 14 that uh, let all your things be done with charity. Love conquers all. Everything we do should be done in love. Now, there's a time to be tough and a time to be tender. We can't be tough all the time, men, because we'll break our families, we'll break our kids. We can't be tender all the time because they'll run slap over us. There's a balance. There's a balance. How should we love our wives? How should we love our families? Thankfully, the Bible provides us with a verse for that too. Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 25 through 27. You're going to have to go with me a few minutes on this and get in my middle school pastor mind that I have because I think outside the box sometimes. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. If we are to love our wife as Christ loved the church, then, then let's take church out of this verse and put wife there and just make it real applicable to ourselves. We should give ourselves for her. Christ gave himself for the church. We are to give of ourselves for our wife. Every ounce of us should be given to her. What about my needs, Jason? What about me? God says give yourself for her. Every bit of you. None of our wants should ever take any precedence over her needs. I, I don't believe it should. We should help sanctify and cleanse her by the word of God. It's our job to help do that. When you have a disagreement, uh, do you just uh, uh, try to solve those issues on your own? Or do you try to solve them with the word of God and grow closer to him in the process? That's what God's called us to do. But will there come a day when you can present your wife to God glorious, without spot or wrinkle? I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about spiritually. Can you present your wife to God oh, one day without spot or wrinkle? Will she be holy? Will she be without blemish? You know you're responsible for her, right? You're responsible for your children. It's up to us to provide that environment for our family that's similar, uh, uh, that we love our wives similarly to the way Christ loved the church. It's up to us to do that. Uh, not only should we love our wife, I'm not going to gain any points here. Not only should we love our wife, but we should love our wife in a way she receives it, not the way we only receive it. 
I'll leave that there. Uh, but so often, uh, we men only want to love our, wa- our wife in a way that we receive love. Well, she's not like you. She's different. Uh, men are in boxes. Women are wired. If you haven't attended that class, go do it. Uh, because I learned a lot about Amber. They are not like you. Our goal from loving our wife should not be to get what we want. It should be to see God formed in her more and more and more every day. That should be our goal. Our children, um, our children get out of hand sometimes and we like to say, I brought you into this world, I can take you out of this world. I put a roof over your head and I feed you. Don't that show my love for you? No, that's your responsibility. Your love don't come from your wallet. Your love uh, don't come uh, from from a a Facebook post you make every now and then about your kids. Your your love comes uh, from the time you spend with them. From the dedication you put uh, to being there for your children the way God called you to be. Ladies. You married a bonehead. Be gracious with it, baby. You married a bonehead. I heard that, Dale. I need you to be gracious with me. I'm going to try my best every single day to be like Christ, but I'm going to fail. Be gracious with me because I'm a bonehead. Your husband's a bonehead, too. Ladies, if he asks you what he needs to improve on, tell him. Be honest with him. You won't tell him what you want to eat, but tell him uh, that he needs to improve on some stuff. You've got to be uh, specific. Don't beat around the bush. Don't beat around the bush. Be specific. I can say, baby, where's the milk? She says, it's in the refrigerator, stupid. I said, I don't see it. She said, you need to look hard. I said, there's no milk in here. She said, top shelf, right side. Oh, there it is. You got to be specific. We need help. Us men are in such a way that when we see a problem, we're going to go find a tool that will fix that problem, and we're going to fix it. And sometimes all you want to do is talk. I don't want you to fix it. I want you to talk to me. We don't get that. We want to fix it. We can't always fix it. Be gracious with us. We're boneheads. Be watchful, men. Stand firm uh, in the faith. Act like a man. Be strong. Do all things in love. Five assignments. Uh, given to us as men, as husbands, as fathers. What a challenge it is. I look back on my life, I see so many times that I didn't follow these assignments. I see so many times that uh, I've been an adult male uh, that I was not a man. I I see times where I've uh, failed time and time again, but uh, the goal is not to reach that perfection, it's to strive for that perfection. I'm I'm thankful for men uh, in this church I'm thankful for men like like Josh Gardner who stumble and fall and stand back up and say, not today, devil. I'm going to be the man God called me to be for my family. 
I'm thankful uh, for men uh, like Ray McDaniel. Where's Ray? Ray don't have any biological kids of his own. I'm thankful for men like Ray who don't have kids of his own, but every child that comes to him, he stands there with open arms and says, what do you need? What do you want? I love you. I'm thankful for men like Gary Johnson and like Ty Griffiths who will take their kids to a rock altar and show them how to pray. I'm thankful for men like Bobby Clay who will grab his 20-year-old son by the arms and say, I love you, son. Be careful wherever you're going today. I'm thankful for men like Adam Watson who says, I don't care what this world says. I'm going to raise my kids like God told me to do it. I don't care what it costs me. I'm raising my kids the way God told me to do it. And so many other men in this church who stand up and do what God's called them to do. I'm thankful for you. Men, we need to check up on our wives. Come on, Canaan. We need to check up on our wives. How you doing today? What can I do for you? Is everything okay? We need to stay in this word, men. We need to dig out of this word everything we can. Stand firm in that faith. We need to get rid of some childish ways. I know I do. We need to get rid of those things. We need to be strong in the Lord in everything we do. That needs to be done in love. I don't know where you are today, but I know 33 years Jesus walked this earth. 33 years we've had the perfect example of who we should be. And it's written down in this book here. Are we trying to be more like him every day, man? Are we trying to be? Or are we just getting by? Or are we just hoping that, uh, uh, that she'll leave us alone today? Just let me do my thing. I, I can't put up with it today. There's men in this church who strive every day to raise their family the way Christ would have them to be. And I'm thankful for them. Maybe you want to bring your family down to this altar this morning and, and pray uh, that you will continue to be that man God called you to be. Maybe you want to uh, come down to this altar and say, God, help me. I need some help in certain ways. Uh, maybe there's a child in here who wants to go grab their daddy by the hand and say, Daddy, thank you for always being that man God called you to be. I've asked Canaan to sing a song this morning. As he does, the altar is open. I want you to come pray.